Hello. Hello. Episode three. Pretty exciting. Very exciting. Third time's a charm. We'll Trifecta. See. We'll see about that. Isn't three a lucky number in some culture? I don't know. Anyway, today we're going to talk about Demon Copperhead. Uh, I can't remember. Who would you? I think you picked this. I think your book club uh, picked this. Oh, the book club I'm in, and then we decided not to read it. <laughs> After you had read it. Yep. After I'd already yep. read it. Yes, yes, yes. But, punchline, I'm glad I read it, because it was very good. Um, so, Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. A long book. Uh, not a quick read. Well, longish. 500 pages. 500 plus pages. Um, and I feel like this is one of those books that I, like, heard a lot about. It was like, there's like a buzz about, but I didn't really know what it was about until you and I talked about it. And you were like, oh yeah, I heard that's like based on David Copperfield, which I've never read. Neither um, have I. And... And probably still won't. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I could say, this is like the first question that I think we had was like, do we need to read David Copperfield first? I feel like this is a common theme in our, in our, um, book club chat. Cause like with trespasses, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I feel like I need to know about the troubles in Ireland first. And now I'm like, Oh, do, should we read David? You know, like what kind of prep do I need to do here? No prep needed. I didn't feel like I, my experience was diminished in any way by not by having not read that. Speaking as a person who hasn't read it. <laughs> so, if someone had read it, we've got a little selection bias going on here, but like if someone had read it first, maybe they would be like, oh yeah, it was so much better because I knew whatever. Um, the only thing about that I, that I was curious about was how close they are. You know, like, I don't want to necessarily go back and read David Copperfield. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge Dickens fan in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm curious, what I might do is, like, go and read, like, the synopsis or the cliff notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Just to see what the, like, how closely she kind of followed his life. Um, I did hear, did I read, I was, I was reading, you know, after you finish a book, you go kind of, like, read about it. I feel like I saw somebody say that it was very close. Like, even the character names were similar. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't know that for sure, obviously, but... So, what was... I, like I wonder what there. the parallel... Like, the, the, the course of this book was, like, addiction was kind of the... Yeah. So I'm just assuming that that maybe I'm wrong, but I was just assuming that that wasn't the case in in David Copperfield. Yeah, don't know. Good question. But, but, yeah, my yeah, only and this is what I told you when we were talking about this book. My only the only thing I know about David Copperfield is the very first line, which is I uh -huh. I today I am born or I am born or something like that because yeah. it plays a very significant role in the movie. 
Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah. That's right. All the Which, women, like, the men are out. I can't even remember what the hell they're doing. Something bad. Something, probably, you know, yeah. for the Confederate Army. <clears throat> and the women are sitting at home Reading, trying to yeah. act like they don't know anything is going on. And Melly mm -hmm. cracks open David Copperfield and reads, like, the whole entire book. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't finish it. Because they, they'll go back to them sitting there and she's still, like, yeah. reading. Yeah. So that's my only association of David Copperfield. So. I think it's interesting that you remember that, even though little bit of trivia, Amy and I have watched Gone with the Wind, the movie, a lot of times. Many times. We also wrote fan fiction. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Which I think I still have somewhere, by the I way. I totally forgot about that. No, I, we should, I should find that. We that should, should bust be a podcast that out. And we should read that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I don't have a great memory for I don't childhood either, but things, that I remember. but like, yeah, that's that's amazing that you remember that, yeah. and potentially still have it. <laughs> <laughs> I do still have it. I just don't know exactly where it is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's let's parking lot that because <laughs> that is. You can tell I'm on like in a lot of work meetings. Oh, we'll put that on the parking lot in the parking lot. Um. So. For those of you who do like Charles Dickens and have not read David Copperfield, maybe you want to go read it. If you, or if you like David Copperfield, you should read this. For sure. Yeah. Um, what else? So yeah, um, I found this, I guess I'll start with like, I, I really wasn't sure about this book, like at first. <laughs> Yeah. I found it very hard to read. Like, it just took me a while to get used to, like, the author, like, the narrator's, like, style nice. of writing. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, with the writing style, I'm like, the, yeah, exactly. And um, then I was like, well, then you downloaded the audiobook, because I have the actual book. You downloaded the audiobook, and you're, because you're like, God, this is going to take a long time to get through. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to do that, too, because I have a million Audible credits, as we probably have already talked about. And um, didn't love the narrator's voice, to be honest, either. It was like a little flat for me, but it grew on me. It really did. And, like, I would say after the first 50 pages, I got, like, pretty used to it. Mm -hmm. But also super tough subject matter, you know? Like, yeah. very heavy, very heavy. Um, and having just read Crying in H Mart, maybe you should pepper in some like uplifting stuff next, <laughs> yeah. next time. For real. For real. Um, but I think, what did I end up giving this? I think I ended up giving it four stars. I think I did four and a half. Which I I'm did four and a half. Because I think more four and a quarter is more where I would land. Oh, yeah, because you do the quarters. I think I went with four and a half. Um, so, yeah, the foster system, which I really learned a lot about, actually, through this book. I've never really, you always hear things, but, like, I never had personal experience with it or knew anybody who did. Um, and it's terrible. And just, like, the real takeaway for me is just this, these cycles that perpetuate each other you know and like mm -hmm. how do you get out of it it's yeah. just like really kind of the very just dark 
I, I think she did a really nice job of like ending it on an uplifting, like hopeful note, considering so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think given the story, it was like pretty tough to do. Um, but still just like a very, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. Just like smothered by just terrible condition, like terrible lifestyle, terrible living condition, like all, everything. And it was just like relentless. Yeah. Although it was relentless at first. You know, until they're like the little break. Uh, although it seems like he had like a sort of happy childhood, right? Like up until when does it start? He's like, what? How old is he? Like ten, nine or ten when it starts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, first I got myself born. I remember wondering how old he was, and it took a while to get there. Well, was it the first time they mentioned his age? His birthday when his mom died? I think it Was that was. like his 11th birthday or something? No, I think they mentioned it before. Okay. Once. Anyway, so, but, but like before that, it seemed like it was good. Aside from the fact that his mom, he and his mom smoked menthol cigarettes together. <laughs> when he was like eight years old or whatever. Right. Uh... So yeah, I think you know I I I I liked it, um, and I think I would definitely recommend it to people. But also would be like you should read it. This is why my book club decided to table it because um, very heavy. We also we had just read Kindred, side note, which is also heavy. Um, so yeah, a little too much darkness. Um. So, you know, a, a lot of the book is him bouncing around mm -hmm. through foster families, foster parents, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm curious who you think was the worst. Ooh. Do you think that Creaky was worse or do you think that McCobbs were worse? Oh, man, that's tough. I don't know. That's a really tough call. I think... I immediately say the macabres. Yeah. I, I, I here, why, here's, but... here's where my brain was going on that. It's like, at Creaky's, he at least had Swap Out and Tommy. And Fast Forward. Good or bad. Is that his name? Fast Forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Even though the conditions were bad, they, like, kind of were left to their own devices and could entertain themselves and, like, at least, like had some camaraderie, right? Right. But, like, at the macabre's, he... It's like... He was like their slave. <laughs> right, so, like, they had stuff, but he couldn't have it. And versus like a creaky's like nobody had anything. Right. <laughs> so it's almost like more torturous because you sort of see every day what you're missing out on. Like they're like a family and like, you know, parents and, and the, besides the whole like 
making him work and then taking his money. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I, they're obviously bad in different ways, but I think, I feel like that sort of broke, it's a little bit harder on the soul, I think, the macabre situation. Yeah. Seems, seems like. Yeah. Good question, though. I had not thought about <clears throat> Yeah, that. I mean, and I think, I feel like they were in the, I don't know, I felt like there's, like, when he was living with them was a longer section of the book. I could be wrong mm -hmm. about that, but it felt like it was. And so maybe I just remember more from from that time in his life, you know? Um, yeah, but I still think about Creaky and, like, making him work in the tobacco fields. And, like, he oh, got that's so true, that's sick. True, that's true. And, like, <laughs> speaking yeah. of, like, slave, like, jeez. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And, like, forcing him. Yeah. You know, was... that I remember that section pretty vividly. And, like, Tommy, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it was just, all of it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where are the good people? Are there any good people in the foster system? I'm sure there are. But, like, sheesh. Maybe not in Appalachia. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, again, the cycles. Like, the people who are doing the foster care, like, they need the money. And it's like, and the, even the people who work for, what would the, what do they call it in this book? DCS? DSS. DSS. No. Yeah. But like, that's the option. It's just wild. I am glad they didn't make him live with Stoner, though. Yeah, me too. Me too. That, was, that, was, that would have been, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, so, but then like, Betsy was a bright spot. The grandma? He found his grandma. Yeah, I mean, and that that whole lead up to that was Yeah. yeah. Brutal. Like thank That's God you, he found you and her. I Yeah. You and I talked and we're like, God, please let something good happen. That truck stop. Scene, oh, the truck stop. God. That was probably it's, like the most heartbreaking scene I yes. think maybe in the whole book, honestly. Yes. Yeah, for sure. As soon as that lady said, he stole my money, I was like, oh, no. I can see where this is going, and it's nowhere good. I still had, like, hope, though. Right. But, yeah, that was, that was rough. So, like, I mean, amazing that he was, how old was he when that happened? 12? 11? 12, I think so. To, like, Find, actually find the grandma, like, wow. Yeah. And I was afraid she was going to turn him away. Yeah, I was too. But I also felt like there's no way that that can happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. You know, right. I mean, the book was just, it needed a bright spot. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, and then that, that when he found out that it was Coach Winfield that he was going to be living with, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like this person that he had kind of like idolized and, yeah. and whatever. Um, you, you were finally like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He finally, he finally got a, you know, yeah. he finally got a break. You I know, what's mean, funny he, is that he I did, but he did, he did, he did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It also like maybe ruined his life. Right. right. <laughs> I didn't, you bring this up often when we talk about books, about, like, what you picture the characters looking like. And 
until he went to coach, what's his name? Winfield? Winfield. Winfield, right, like your dog. Just like my dog. Yep. That's right. That's why we're good. <laughs> until he went there, I pictured him as sort of a scrawny redheaded kid. Yeah. And so whenever coach is like, oh, you look like a linebacker, I was like, wait, what? I need to adjust. I need to recalibrate my. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know where I got that from. Well, I think he talked about, like, how he never, I think as a, as a child, he didn't eat much. I think they ta- they kind of uh, talked about him as, like, a scrawny kid, but maybe, yeah. I guess, as he was getting older, he, um, you know. Yeah, maybe. Up. Yeah. And then, um, oh, before we go, let's, before we skip totally to the coach, let's, I want, I would like to talk about the Peggots. So, like, Please. Maggot and the Peggots. Yep. So, like, and the whole, um, what was the daughter's, uh, daughter's name? Em- Emmy. Oh, Emmy. No, like, well, the nie- niece. Was she a niece? She was a niece, yeah. Emmy. So, like, I really thought they were going to adopt him. Yeah. For a while. And I'm so heartbroken that they didn't. Uh. Like, they knew his mom. He was friends with Maggot. Like... Yeah. And that scene where, so that's the, that's he another asked, one, like, yeah. where he asked. Yeah. Oh, so brutal. Yeah. So brutal. And to, like, I mean, they were how old? In their 60s or something? Like, I get why they said no, but, like, it would be hard to be in their shoes, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, you knew because if they would have yeah. taken him, they already would have. They would have. Yeah, you no, know? you're right. Um, we, as adults, <laughs> you know, knew that. And I think right. deep down he did too, but he Probably. still, like, had to ask, you know. Yeah. yeah but also, also I'm kind of mad at them that they didn't. Like, come on. Yeah. Look at this kid. Look at where his what his life has been and where his life is probably headed. Like, take him in. Just take yeah. him in. <laughs> I mean, easy for me to say, but like, ah, it would, I don't know. I don't know if I could just do that. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, it's nice that he, he still was around. Like he went and ended up back at the same school and stuff. I feel like that's like rare that that would actually happen. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? know (laughs) What else about that? Is there anything else about that? Maggot was an interesting character. Oh, yeah, he was. They were. They. I feel like he would be, I feel like, well, I feel like it would be a they-them now. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel very clear, really, on that with him. Yeah, he's he's a little gender fluid, I think. Yeah. 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 And just, like, not in an environment to, you know, thrive. You know, yeah. so basically it just got high all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there could, I feel like there could be a whole other book about Maggot, you know, and like growing up, it, feeling like you can't be yourself in like that time period in that part of the country around those kind, like that, those people, you know, with like all the stereotypes, you know, stereotypes or not, like clearly he didn't have the acceptance and support that one needs when they're navigating these really tough issues that a lot of kids go through now. 
and so, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. what's the other option? It's like really hit home for me. This is like my, probably my privilege talking, but like really hit home for me. This book illustrated for me in a way that I haven't really felt in a long time. I'm not going to say never because, but like, just how these things are systemic, you know, and that like really, really, really hard to feel like you have different choices. And I mean, I think you hear, I think you hear about people kind of getting out of situations like, but I think it's like pretty rare. Oh no, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's <laughs> right. what you gotta do. It's easy. Yeah. Super easy. Super yeah. easy. Just yeah. get a job. Right. I mean, right. you know, or get a different job that pays more. You right. know, it's like, so well, easy. no, yeah. you end up like working in a trash pile for people who are cooking meth. <laughs> like, right. Golly. I mean, the amount of life that this kid lived before mm-hmm. the age of 18, 16 yeah. was it's insane. Wild. <laughs> wild. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that was as big of a point for her writing this book, I think, as is the, you know, the the addiction and, Mm -hmm. um, and all that. I think, you know, probably people think of it as like, oh, that, you know, an addiction book, but really, I I think the, the poverty theme is probably Mm -hmm. equally as big. um, Yeah. And just showing that, you know, this is a part of the country that's just kind of left, you know, and forgotten about. Yeah, and totally. there's not a lot of opportunity. Um, and the opportunity that is there is, you know, a lot of times around drugs, whether, mm-hmm. you know, it's opioids or not, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and I just felt so much like he was a victim. He's just a kid, and he has yeah. these doctors, like, you know, and the, the tie. I thought that interest, it was an interesting kind of side plot where with like uh june aunt june's boyfriend Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. like the pharmaceutical rep and like that whole thing where she was like you're you know like i thought that was really interesting but also like she she is the one that ended up helping him but i was so shocked that it didn't happen sooner Mm -hmm. that she didn't like see what was going on yeah sooner but maybe that was just fatigue from her working in these clinics and dealing with it all day. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Um, and not to skip ahead, but to skip ahead a little bit and we can always go back. Um, did so Dory and her dad, Dory, like his girl, you know, girlfriend. Oh, the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. With the hair. Uh, I'm skipping yeah. way ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so her and her dad, right? So yeah. here's something that I'm not super clear on. Mm-hmm. Was she, before they met, she was stealing her father's drugs. Even before, even before she. Seemed like it. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. But then I was also like, is, I don't know. I That didn't seem super clear to me so yeah I I don't think it was super clear actually but I do think that 
towards the end there and when he like it, it became like obvious that she had like some sort of system mm-hmm, going for sure. that she had already figured out before demon i think right. came along right that was what i inferred yeah i've never she been... was already addicted when he met her yeah seemed right. like it right yeah. yeah that's that's kind of what i assumed i, I was frankly so glad that she died <laughs> I mean, I know it's terrible, and, awful? I, and it was like, really ugh. sad, you know, but yeah. he would have never gotten out of that situation. He would have died. For sure, you know? for sure. Like, and I was also glad that, like, that there was no, it's terrible to say out loud on a, not on a podcast, but, like, glad That's she didn't fictional. end up having a baby. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, can you imagine, like, no. that poor child, like, yeah. no. the other thing is, like, I just feel like she, I, writer, not Dory, like Barbara Kingsolver, um, really humanized him. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, at least I, it's easy, I feel like it's easy when you read these kinds of stories to like or even look from the outside of like oh they're an addict and like hearing him think about oh well now that she's pregnant maybe she'll get clean and like just his worries and the fact that he's like really conscious to what was happening so self-aware about himself as well yeah considering like everything he'd been through I feel like in like I wouldn't expect if I if I were a sixteen-year-old or so, what, however however old he was, eighteen by, by then, go like and in sort of like a drug-induced stupor, like most of the time. Like I just yeah. uh, the level of awareness really sort of took me back. Like I was surprised uh, at a that whole the fact that it was there and b how like effective it was in terms of like character you know me i love character development this is like my dream book (laughs) but like i just really grew to have sympathy for him and you know um and it would have been harder to do if that i think hadn't been part of the story you know versus like oh i gotta just get more money so i can get more drugs you know like i mean that that was there but it wasn't like a it wasn't coming from like a greed or like looking for a fix it was just like survival right yeah which is a nuance but like is a big difference i think and how we think and talk about people who experience this kind of addiction it's so like the media and like everybody like just dehumanizes the opioid crisis i mean in a lot of ways like we know it's a crisis we know it's you know uh we know the causes and we we know all of that but like these humans even though it's fiction like could it could easily be a real story a memoir of somebody and like it's really easy to, 
bind yourself like callous to it because you hear about it so much but like this like really humanized the whole thing it's just like gut-wrenching yeah Yeah, and it kind of got into, like, the start of of it and how, you know, these small towns were targeted, you know, oh, specifically, yeah. and, you know, mm -hmm. um, and how they told, they lied and told everyone that it's not addictive, right. you know, um, just... It's wild, it's wild. Yeah. That that, like... There's a special place in hell for... Yeah. The Sackler family, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Did you, are you watching Dope Sick now? I, I, tangent, I am. Tangent. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about it since, since I've read this, like, I've thought, like, oh, maybe I'll watch that, because I've heard it's good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, that's why I haven't, because I was like, <laughs> I think I might need to, like, yeah. this is why I spent the last week, like, devouring a book about witches and vampires, because I just <laughs> needed, <laughs> I just needed a little something else. Right. For a minute. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a good follow up to this. Or if you've watched it already, like this would be a good yeah. book. And you asked me, like Hillbilly Elegy, I'd never read. I've never read, but like I think in the same vein, for sure, Sim similar vein. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I do. So his luck turned around when he went to coach, live with coach. I thought Angus was a really interesting character. WTF U-Haul. I mean, like, I, I still cannot figure out what the hell was up with that guy. <laughs> like, what did he look like? Was he right. slimy? Like, physically, like, tactile, like, Seems slimy? Like <laughs> Seems like it. Seems and, like, what was his whole deal? Like, just... And, and the fact that he just, like, disappeared after this big, basically attacked Angus. Yeah, and then it turns out he was trying to blackmail yeah. Coach. But, like... And I think why? was embezzling. Oh, he was embezzling, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I act like I read this a long time ago and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do a better job of taking notes about the yeah. books that we read. So did you... So I was not clear, but, like, so he was with Coach for... I gathered like many years. Many, many, yes. And do you was he? Did you get the sense like he would he had abused Angus in some way, or he was like grooming her? Um, and like did like because I like there was I can't remember exactly where it was. It was toward the end of that whole interaction. Yeah. That like somebody said something. Was it her that made me wonder if like it had been going on or like. I'm not clear on that. Now that you say that, I do feel like there was some something in that whole scene where, like, they locked themselves in the car yeah, outside yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did seem like there was something, but I think it was just, like, a grooming situation. I don't think yeah. it was anything. And, like, as she was getting older, he, yeah. and, like, he, and, and at, like, the more drunken coach became like he got bolder with his like advances maybe but I was frankly surprised there wasn't more sexual abuse in this story yeah me too I guess thank god I mean like what else I know I don't know if I would have been able to take it but like <laughs> yeah. um I think I 
I would not have been surprised if right. it, if it were in there, you know. And so, yeah. What was the point of the high schooler phone sex girl? Oh. <laughs> like, why was that in there? Um, Maybe that's how he learned Donna about Marie? Was sex that, or something? Was... Well, it did sh- sort of show him... I think it was like a pu- maybe like a mark of puberty of him going through Linda puberty. Larkin. Linda oh, Linda, Linda. Who's Donna Marie? That was the cashier that. at the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I think I, it was like a mar- It was like a milestone. I I sort of saw it as like and this is how I think about it. It was like it's hard to tell what age he was he was yeah. like throughout this book. Like there were certain things that they like kind Markers, of anchors, yeah. but. Um, but then, who was it that made fun of him? Well, U-Haul was like, I know who you've been talking to on the phone. But then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a funny, random thing in the book, frankly. And then fast forward, like, honestly, like, so when I first, when we first met fast forward, I was like, hmm, what's up with that guy? Yeah. But then, like, seemed on the up and up, seemed like a good guy, except for the stealing of the, was it candy bar or comic book or, he yeah, would, like, make up, he would take their, he would take their shit, like, take their stuff. Right. And I was like, well, He called it something, though, didn't he? Like, yeah, like yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but I sort of, like, wrote it off because, I don't like know, Demon for whatever did. reason, I, I trust Demon's judgment yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and so it was interesting to, like, find out that he's really just this terrible guy. Um. Again, a product of the system. Yeah. Frankly. Right. Because I keep thinking about, like, the thing that I hate the most about Fast Forward in this moment, I'm probably forgetting something, is that he, like, messed up Demon's trip to the ocean. (laughs) You know, these, like, failed attempts to, like, get him to the water, just like, ah, I was just, like, stuck with that theme of, like, constantly the rug being pulled out, you know? Right. Yeah, because that was the big thing, right? Like, he's born, and he's born, like, in the... In the sack. In the sack. And so, he's been... He, the, the wives tell us that you can't drown if you're born... Yeah. ...in the sack. So, he, you know, wants to go and see... He feels this kindred ship yeah. with, you know, the ocean and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to experience that. He, they like, were on the way... On. Come on, Barbara. Just give us another chapter. I always you think know? it was kind of nice to, that it was kind of. I like, know, I know. It, it yeah. ends again with the hope, you know, yeah. like okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, what else? was there a part of you at some point that was like, he's going to get involved with that art teacher? Oh, no. Okay. I, got, no. I was getting vibes. I was getting vibes, and I was yeah. like, oh, shit, he's going to get involved with her. She's going to get fired. It's going to be a whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, didn't, I didn't, didn't really happen. get that. 
I didn't really get that. I thought for a second it would be Mouse. I thought his love interest was going to be Mouse. The chick. The fast forwards friend. Yeah. Um, but then, oh, the other thing was like, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this thing with Tommy. So finding out Tommy was at the macabres. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Tommy, like, being so well-read, but, like, not knowing. I don't know. This It was a really interesting moment where she, like, wrote in this realization for Tommy. And it happened a little bit with Demon and Maggot when Fast Forward and Mouse were, like, there was a party and... and, fa- and Demon overheard Mouse and Fast Forward, like, kind of making fun of them. Um, or, like, talking about... I can't remember exactly what the scene was. Um, but just, like, her weaving in this sort of kind of stereotypical, like, and realizing, like, oh, wait, people kind of make fun of us. Or they think we're stupid. Yeah. But we're not. Like, we can hear you and we right. can read what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. You know, and like how Tommy just, I don't think Tommy, ca- I mean, he did care. But like, he did. He stayed with the macabres. Like, he didn't really, like, what's what was up with Tommy? Just like low self-esteem. Tommy's the one that really survived, like is the the one person that survived and like did well in the face of all this adversity which is really interesting because he was like a little he was like the ostrich yeah sort of and and also like i think i mean really was instrumental in demon being able to like write or sorry like draw Mm -hmm. and Kind of get ter- things like sort of turned around, right? So For like sure. I thought, yeah, him you know, and Aunt like, June were probably the most pivotal, right? People, well, and Miss Betsy, I guess too, but um, yeah, in his entire life, frankly, yeah. And, and even cool. co- even Coach, like he wasn't a bad guy. I mean, no. yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. I I, I can't decide yeah. about him. Um, how cool. Like, about halfway through the book, we were like, oh, what are all these pictures on the book cover? Oh, you know, yeah. Like, oh, are these, are these things that are happening yeah. in the book, you know? And then That's as right. we're going on, we're like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, this is the whatever, mm-hmm. and this is the whatever. And then at the end, you realize why they're all there. It's because he becomes, like, an artist, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. and, you know, publishes a graphic novel and about his... Yeah. You know, about growing up, oh, I don't remember, what, like about living there, or growing up there, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, or about, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, no, it was great. I, 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 um, I keep, I've, like, looked at the cover a bunch of times. Yeah, me Like, too. as I was reading it. Not, not at the beginning. No. Um, but yeah, as we got through it. Uh, some of them I still don't really know what they mean, but. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool way to incorporate his art yeah. into the, you know. 
without mm-hmm. knowing that that's what it, that's why it's there for right. such a long period of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Mm. I think it was nice. I did think, speaking of the art teacher, I did think it was nice that, the, like, that they stayed in, you know, sort of stayed as, like, mentors for him. For sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who, yeah. Can't think of much else, really. I can't either. It was really, um, it's a, you know, it was really a roller coaster for me reading, reading Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the first, you know, probably the first 50 pages, I was like, "Mm, okay, you know, and then you get in about, you know, 200 pages and then you're like, oh my God, I can't, just cannot take, you know, any more. More bad news. Yeah. Yeah. And then. And then he kind of gets older, and it's always told, you know, like, his demon's voice in the book is so matter-of-fact. Mm-hmm. Well, the narrator, too, on the audiobook, same. Like, yeah. a little flat. Yeah, and just, like, no emotion, really, and just mm-hmm. like, well, then this happened, and then this happened, right. you know. And there came a point where it was like, I got kind of immune to the bad stuff. Yeah. By the, by the time he goes to coach's house and you know, you know that he's going to, it tells you in the synopsis that he's going to get, he's going to get addicted. He's going to get addicted. Um, and so, and he's playing football. So of course, you know, of course that's where you, you're, you know, everyone, you figure that out pretty easily. But by that point, you know, I think I, I had just gotten so, hardened to like all the mm. bad stuff that I was just kind of like I was like oh yep another you know it didn't affect me feels inevitable yeah it didn't affect me mm-hmm. as much um but I also feel I totally agree with you but I also feel like that's what helped me get through it yeah of course of course because if it had been like a heart-wrenching every time it would have been much harder yeah but didn't it make through. you feel a little bad that like oh I just read this whole section about yeah you know his I mean, the girlfriends, the Dory stuff, some of that yeah. was pretty hard to yeah. read, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there, I mean, there was a lot that was hard to read, but in a way, but then I'm like, oh, it's 10 o'clock, turning off the light and going to sleep. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, it, it, it like is a, a weird world. feeling. Yeah. And I, like you yeah. said, that's our privilege, I guess, talking, but it, It know. totally is, and I will just bonus bonus points for frequent listeners but it it reminds me of trespasses because it's a contrast for me for trespasses because it's still even those well-written great like highly recommend trespasses was unique in that i felt like i was in the story absolutely versus reading a book about somebody's life this is i think at the end of the day this still felt like a book about somebody's life. It was a fictional memoir is what it felt like. Yes. Yes. And that is not necessarily because of the writing, but it's also probably because of my privilege. Like, I'm sure, you know, it's maybe a little bit of both, which is, it's troubling. It's troubling. Well, you recognize it. So that's the first step. Yeah. 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 But it's, I think, 
so the scene where you and I talked about a scene. Oh, the bath, the truck stop. Did you read that or did you listen? I read it. So I think I listened. I was on the audiobook for that section. Mm-hmm. And I think, I feel I remember, I mean, it was hard to listen to. Yeah. But I think was easier than it would have been if I had been reading it. Because, again, like, the narrator's voice is just, like, pretty yeah. dry. It's like a dry, I mean, demon's voice is like a dry voice, right? So, yeah. um, but I think it maybe softened it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Barbara King Solver. I've read one other Barbara. I've read, I read the Poisonwood Bible ages ago. Um, I feel like I remember it was kind of a weird book in a way. Like, it was very, like, religiously weird. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some, like, weird religion stuff in it, if I remember right. Which, for me to remember that far back is really saying something. Because <laughs> I read a lot of books and I'm like, have I read that? <laughs> <laughs> um, is she from the South? Um, I think in her little bio thing, I think she now lives, I don't think she's from there originally, but I think she now lives kind of in that Mm. Virginia, like southwestern Virginia, Tennessee kind of area. Oh, she was born in Maryland. Um, So, there you go. Uh, well, I thought this was interesting, and I just like it's still. What I read another book. Um, did you ever read "She's Come Undone" by Wally Lamb? Oh yeah, like in high school. Yeah, another book that is like shocking that I remember having read. Not only that I've read it, but also who the author is, right. and I remember what the cover looks like. <laughs> Clearly made an impression, but like, um, I remember thinking how wild. Like, what kind of talent it takes to write a book. Like, you're a dude. You're, like, an old dude. To, like, so... Sorry. Sorry, Wally. (laughs) To, like, so effectively write from the voice of a completely different aged person and a completely different gendered person and, like... Yeah. Kind of nail it. I mean, I say nail it as someone who the book was not about <laughs> I'm also an outside party right, right, right. Um, but like Middlesex is another one. Oh my god don't get me started um, on that book I love that book so much <laughs> um, so, so this is like this reminded me of that like how just how well she captured the voice of Demon in a way that I just is really impressive mm-hmm and like writers who are able to do that is is really they really it's really wild yeah. to me. I do think not to not to knock her at all. Yeah. I do think it's a little bit easier to do it as like your kind of adolescent to teenage years. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I see what you I, I absolutely like agree with you but again Um, this is me saying it and i'm not a 
teenage boy who grew up in the foster system. I'm like, good job. You really captured it. Like, how do I know? It would be more effective to hear from somebody who maybe works in the foster system or who lives in Apple. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I mean, we're from Tennessee, but, like, I don't think that counts. So... Um, or somebody who has a family member who's seen the struggle of the opioid crisis in like a firsthand way, you know what I mean? But like, uh, I imagine it's, it's like they do a good job writing it so that you can imagine that's really what it was like to be them. That you're not thinking like, oh, this is a woman writing as a man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and so I don't know about you, but I Googled Melungeons. Okay. A couple times because I, I, I didn't, could but not I'm gonna do it now. figure out like the like have I seen people of this race? What do they look like? Mm-hmm. And it was not that helpful. What I did read is that Elvis was a Melungeon. Wow. He's like the most famous Melungeon. So like dark skin, light eyes, the red hair really threw me. I couldn't find any good photos, but apparently there's a whole body of research and other reading, supplemental reading about Melungeons so you what's could do. The, yeah, I'm looking at what is the, what cause, co- I don't understand, like genetically, why were they dark skinned with light eyes? Do we well, know? what I remember in the book is somebody called him a mulatto. Oh, okay. And it was like, that's not the same. No. But. But similar? I mean, is that but sim- a similar I think, I think similar. Um, I did read about it, and now, shocking, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> well, it's Google, fine. Re- Google remembers that I looked it up. Um, Tri-racial. Oh, European, tri- African, and Native American ancestry. Oh, Native American. You know what? Looking at these pictures, yeah. My grandma, my mom's mom, as a kid, looks a lot like these people. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think maybe she, had she eyes, was a Melungeon. Maybe she was. I mean, they're from that area of. Oh, is Abraham huh. Lincoln a Melungeon? This picture's in here. <laughs> Anyway, that's a whole. I feel like we should now start a, a, on this. Yeah. a blog about. I should. I feel like I always have like these side recommendations. You should read about the troubles. <laughs> you should read David Copperfield. <laughs> Let's read about Melungeons. Melungeons. <laughs> like I had never seen that word, heard that word. Me neither. Nothing. Never. I'm and growing up like in Tennessee, it. in the vicinity of Appalachia, like. Yeah. Appalachia. Uh. I, I feel like having not heard it myself, I was like, oh, why have I never heard this word before? I want to ask my parents about that. Do they know that word? Huh. Yeah. Tennessee Melungeons. Okay. Um, stop Googling. It's a rabbit hole for you. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go on YouTube immediately after this. <laughs> uh, well, I think we did it. I think we did. Successfully, I was a little worried yeah. that I wasn't going to remember enough. But once you start talking, and once you start talking about it, it's yeah. sort of all we, we do it out of order. Sorry, listeners. True, true. Um, I assume that the people that are listening to this have read the book. Sure, me too. So, 
we don't have yeah. to stop and explain stuff or right. yeah. Right. Um, All 17 of them that have downloaded <laughs> this Is that how many we have? So far, yes. What? 17 wow. downloads. Yeah. I'm impressed with us. That is yeah. definitely more than just friends and family. <laughs> yeah, I haven't told anyone about this. I'm mortified. I haven't so. either. I haven't either, actually. So. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so we're going to maybe do a non-book-specific mm-hmm. podcast coming up here. I liked your idea of... I don't know if you're one of our 17 list. They don't even have a way to get hold of us. Never they mind. don't. Which is, <laughs> I was gonna say, let us we know can just if set up you a website or have any requests, an Instagram account or something. Jesus, I know, right? I know. Come on, come on. Basic social media. A TikTok. A TikTok. <laughs> um, so a non. What well, you suggested, like, convince me to read something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be that's a good one. I like that idea. And then. I don't know, House in the Cerulean Sea. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta buy that. Could be one, our next one, if you wanted. Or I almost bought that pineapple book. What was it called? Oh, pineapple, pineapple Street. Street. It was at the bookstore. Shop local. I was at my local bookstore today, and nice. they had it out. And the guy I worked there was trying to convince a lady to buy Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I co-signed that. Yeah, I almost was like, I almost leaned over and was like, yeah, you should read it. It's really good. <laughs> but I didn't. It was I a five-star read. Yeah. I thought that might she because I was like not sure she was a friendly, like, you know what I mean? Some people don't like strangers talking to them. Mm-hmm. But then I was carrying my umbrella. I had like, it was one of those fold-up small ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like letting it dangle. Like I had the cord in my hand and so it was like upside down but like not totally closed Mm -hmm. and I was like carrying it around and she like looked up at me and she was like oh my god she thought she's like I thought that was like a weird shaped dog (laughs) (laughs) and I was like that would be a weird shaped dog (laughs) hovering in the air I mean it was hanging around like calf it was probably like hanging around calf height (laughs) Does she live in the Pacific Northwest? Has she ever seen a fucking There are a umbrella? lot of dogs here, and so... Okay. There's eventually. also a lot of umbrellas. <laughs> also, somebody made fun of me yesterday. Who was it? It was at my kid's soccer. I said umbrella, and they were like, umbrella? And I was like, yeah, umbrella. And they're like, hmm, I thought it was umbrella. Is oh, it umbrella? Lord. I've always said umbrella. It's, you know, know emphasis on now. the first. Never... You said you just said umbrella <laughs> the same way I do it. Okay. That would make sense. Umbrella. Um, yeah. And, Rih- and Rihanna. Then, how did he say to say it? Umbrella. Ella. Ella. Eh, eh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think maybe okay. we might be in the wrong here. Um, I'm not going to change the way I say it. Okay. Me neither. Me neither. Umbrella for life. Yes. Uh, okay, so maybe House in the Cerulean Sea, or we have a very long list, so. Very long. But that's probably yes. the next, that's probably the next And maybe one. we'll start an Instagram account. Yeah. So that people cool. can DM us. Akatar. Akatar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do want to do that. I do want to do that. A Court of Thorns and Roses, for those of you who aren't in the know. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have a couple choices. Cool. More books coming. More books coming. coming. Do we need a jingle? 
Let's talk about books, baby. So uh, that's probably not allowed. I'm probably we're probably gonna get a license. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. <laughs> From uh, sorry, uh, who was that? Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Think was it? Was. Yeah, I'm really on it. We're remembering things today. <laughs> that's probably not who it was. Okay. All well, right. thanks this for listening. Fun. Yes. Episode number three. That's a wrap. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.